Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Injured Reserve Podcast with your host, me, myself, and I, Mitchell Anderson. Um, first, I'm just going to put it out there. This past week, we lost um, a musical icon, uh, a man named Nipsey, Hups- Nipsey Hussle. Excuse me. Um, for those who may heard of him or, or are fans of him, um, for a lot of people that don't know, uh, he was doing a lot of things. A lot bigger than what people see on social media. Um, he's one of those. Um, he was more than just a rapper, but he was more of someone that was being fluent and more socially conscious within his community, the neighborhood. Um, you know, and he was working on a documentary, uh, the whole nine. Um, he was very intelligent. Uh, unfortunately, you know, I uh, I wish I had an explanation for that for that but um it's sad to see and read things like that um I was at the gym and then you know I look down on my Instagram and I see that pop up in my headline and it's just I don't know man it's just it's definitely one of those things it's a a constant reminder that's something that humbles all of us that's uh you know it's not just him it's anybody you know I've I lost relatives and you know an instant with you know just out of nowhere it just hits you and it blindsides you so you know my condolences prayers out to him uh, his friends and family that's uh that's that's a tough loss and um it's amazing how social media and uh, uh things kind of get escalated whether rumors on this and that and conspiracy theories but nonetheless um you know i'm not gonna partake in that either way um he was a phenomenal guy uh, very under the radar rapper his victory lap album uh that came out in 2018 arguably the best one of that uh 2018 um but yeah it's uh something like that that's it's just kind of i don't know like i said it blindsides you and it's just it's just like whoa like just like that but um you know it's amazing how people are, are able to come together especially when it comes to athletes and they know how big their impact and their influences, such as Russell Westbrook putting up a 2020 game dedicated to Nipsey Hussle, who you know he was friends with. Uh, something we haven't seen since the Walt Chamberlain era. And um, but yeah, that was definitely. Uh, I just figure I start the segment like that. It's uh, it's very heartbreaking. So you know, and he you know he had a wife and a daughter, so things of that nature. <coughs> Excuse me, but. Um, that being said, hey, we got some things to cover. You know, um, hey, LeBron James, again, um, he uh, finally decided to, you know, uh, not call it quits, but more of, you know, rest for the rest of the year, like I've been saying since about February. You know, rest him up. Um, when that trade didn't go through with Anthony Davis and the Lakers, I knew right then and there. It's just like, uh I think it's better for LeBron just to, you know, go into hyperbolic time chamber and rest up and recover, you know, and well-deserved for how many years, consecutive seasons he's made the playoffs, this and that. So he's a phenomenal athlete, spends a million dollars in the offseason on recovery mode. So 
I'm sure he's going to come back stronger than ever. The question is, is LA going to land anybody? So, I mean, there's a lot of speculations, this and that. Uh, the free agent market's going to be nuts this year. Uh, Kevin Durant does have a player option with the Warriors. Same with Kawhi Leonard in uh, Toronto. Kyrie Irving, there's rumors of him and LeBron possibly reuniting. Uh, as I said before, I think Kyrie and Durant unite in New York. Hence why, you know, they they made that move with Persingas. Uh, Clay Thompson, another. I think my early prediction was Clay, but now I don't know. Uh, he's, I mean, he's stated before that he likes where he's at in Golden State. I mean, I don't see why not. I mean, they, they won. <clears throat> I mean, he's won three titles there. I, I don't see why not. You know what I mean? So, and then Kimball Walker. I think Kimball Walker is a strong possibility, personally. I think they'll try and nab him for in uh, the Lakers. That's their best bet. And I, I don't know what the cap space is looking like right now. Um, you know, it's... Um, you, you look at their roster, and LeBron signed a four-year deal, four-year deal worth over $150 million. And uh, man, that's a lot of cap. That's a lot of cap space. And you know, I'm not, not, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it. But you know, when you're someone near the end of the road and you're near the end of your career, a lot of athletes don't take that big of a cut. You know what I mean? Uh, Michael Jordan never really took a big cut. Kobe Bryant, he took a he took a large payday. So uh, when someone wants, you know, you see it with Brady and even with Peyton Manning near the end of his road and. Uh, at the Denver Bronco days, they never took a huge contract. They took a pay cut, and it's just like, look, I'm on my last legs here. You know, sign whoever you can. I want to make one last go around of this and right off into the sunset. So with that being said, um, I don't know. Um, depending what their cap space looks like, what if they're – or I don't know what they're going to try and do here. Like I said, I, I've said before, and I'll say it again. I mean, you got lines of balls, a bust. Uh, he's got that whole fiasco on the big baller brand and the co-owner stealing millions of dollars. Uh, supposedly, Lonzo Ball, uh, you know, is done with the whole big baller brand. Uh, the tattoo he had on his arm, he got that re-tatted over something else. So, and, you know, who knows with his father, with LeVar, and LeVar's having this thing where his son isn't, uh, his, his next up-and-coming son, uh, LaMelo, I think who he's going to be playing overseas, I guess, and not in college. So I don't know. Um, so, yeah, I don't – this is going to be – so the lines of ball, that's that's another story. That's, that's – if anything, that's a distraction. That's not a – he's becoming a liability more than an asset. Uh, then you got uh, Brandon Ingram. I love Brandon Ingram, but, you know, he has that pl- blood clot, so now he becomes a health risk and injury prone for the franchise. So not a lot of, you know, teams are going to be looking at that as a as an asset. He becomes a liability. Yeah, he puts up 18 a game, but, you know, if you have that blood clot, who knows what's to happen next? You know, that's some dangerous stuff that, that evidently pretty much ended Chris Bosh's career. Um Around his fourth, fifth season, I think it was around his fifth season with Miami Heat. You know, he had that blood clot, and that was it, really. He never, he never, uh, never came back. And um, you know, the, the only positive outcome is Kuzma, but the problem is the Lakers really don't. They have the big men, but they have no shooters. So you just got LeBron, and that's it. So I don't know. There's, you know, Al Horford's a possibility, maybe. Um, 
uh, Chris Middleton. But uh, I don't know. Um, it's going to be a rough season for Magic Johnson, the Lakers, and LeBron. Um, you know, kudos to him finally sitting out. Get the rest. Well needed. He's going to need it. It's going to be a lot of work to do in the offseason, not so much just the physical training and recovery, but as well as, you know, you got you to gotta lay all the cards on the table and see what you got. So you got built for the future of L.A., not just the future for just LeBron for these next three years of L.A. Magic has to look at the bigger picture, not just for the next three years. So, But if he's looking like that, then really what's the whole point of being a GM? You got to look towards the bigger picture, not these next two, three seasons. So you got to lay all the cards on the table. Uh, simple as that. So, And then um, it's just, I don't know. Um, it's it's going to be wild. Um, God, a, a four-year, 153-mil contract. That's a lot of money. That's, oof. I was honestly kind of surprised. Like, I, I knew, like, I didn't think money would be really an issue to him. I mean, he's got the endorsements. He's got the brands, this and that. You know, but you would think, like, like I said, you know, someone that's, uh, what, 34? Uh, 33, 34, uh, he'll take a pay cut if he wants to, you know, have a chance at a championship, but I don't think we'll ever see LeBron James in a championship again, but I have to, you know, that's speaking very early. We got to see how the off season progresses, but my, my intuition is telling me we won't, we won't see him there unless they, unless they somehow pull off some miraculous move, but nonetheless, Lakers, they, they got their workout cut for them. It, it wasn't so much of like, you know, let's see what we have on the drawing board this year. I think a lot of a lot of people were predicting the Lakers be 56, maybe 60 win team in the franchise. And people are like, well, LeBron got hurt. It's like, I get that. Y'all had some injuries that riddled y'all. But, you know, at, you know, at the time LeBron was hurt and his agent says, hey, you know what? If He even said uh, when the, he was about 10 games out, if it was playoffs, he could play today. But I think that was like the lesson learned. Like once he missed about three weeks or maybe a month, give or take. And then he came back and it's just like, hey, this is the Western Conference. It's it's a different animal in the Western Conference compared to the East. So, you know, he phenomenal season. You know, I can't knock the guy. 27 points. Uh eight boards, eight assists, you know, the the dude's a phenomenal athlete, but when it just comes to, you know, it's, you know, yeah, you got the stats, you got this and that, but, you know, it's just when it comes to performance time, when it comes to be able to, you know, that final drive to get that championship, it's just, it's questionable. It's, It's almost like Aaron Rodgers, in which we'll discuss about that later on in his controversy with Mike McCarthy. Uh, you know, it's just, yeah, it's like Aaron Rodgers has one ring. That's cool, but that was over 10 years ago. It's like LeBron James, you know, he has, what, three rings. That's cool, but he's had six final losses. You know, how many – That that's a lot of final losses. When people make the case for LeBron being the GOAT, it's just – it's hard to imagine someone that's like, yeah, he's the greatest of all time, but he lost, he lost six times in the NBA Finals. That's a hard – that's a – that's a – man – Resume statistically, yes, impressive, phenomenal, great. But when it comes to the playoffs and the championship, like man, that's just, uh, you know what I mean. So it's just, 
and no one, no, it's like looking, it's like, how can I say this? It's like looking at the Buffalo Bills of the 90s. It's just like, you know, everyone says, you know, how impressive it, how impressive it is when LeBron made nine, nine finals. And you can make the same case for the Buffalo Bills. I mean, they made four straight Super Bowls, but they didn't win any. And no one's making the claim for the case that they're the greatest franchise of all time because of that four-year stint. So, and even if they won half of them, or even one of them, I don't think even want people will be making the case. The greatest franchise in the NFL, it has to be New England right now. Then it, if in New England, Pittsburgh, and probably Dallas. That's debatable. That's the first thing that comes to, to the top of my head, but that's a discussion for another time. So with that being said, um, LeBron's 34. He, he'll be 35 um, uh, eight months from now. And, uh, man, I don't know. I think uh, I keep saying Father Time's going to catch up, and this season was the first initial mark of Father Time knocking on the door. And I think that's the, the first warning because uh, LeBron's never really been hurt. So um, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see how the offseason progresses. I'll give you all my predictions. But the early, the two early predictions right now, I don't see L.A. doing much in the offseason. At best, they'll get a Kimbae Walker, maybe a Clay Thompson. But uh, like I said, Clay stated he's fine in Golden State. So and then I don't know. May pass and maybe at best they can get a Kyrie. Maybe we'll see a reunion of that, but I don't know. But um, with that being said, I'm gonna take a quick little break, and you are listening to Injured Reserve Podcast. Welcome back. This is Andrew's Reserve Podcast. So I wanted to talk about uh, this recent season of uh, Russell Westbrook. And I hate to sound like that guy, but, uh, you know, a lot of people make comparisons to him and uh, Allen Iverson, in which basically he is, in a sense, just bigger. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So uh, Oklahoma City's been, they've been struggling the last 10 games. They're three and seven. <clears throat> they're 45 and 33. They're sitting at a seventh seed, uh, 78 games, four to go. Um, they could slip into eight seed. Uh, San Antonio is right behind them. They're only half a game back, so who knows? But either way, um, it could be a one and done deal. Um, I mean, the, the Warriors are sitting at the one seed, uh, one and a half games to go. Denver Nuggets are at the second. Rockets at third. So. Either way, I don't know. Um, but one thing I do know uh, by watching Russell Westbrook this year, um, he does remind me in the sense of AI. And the thing is, you know, he turned he turned 30 this past November, and I think I'm starting to notice like kind of a chain, I guess, in a sense, or almost like a domino effect. You're starting to see little increments of it, of it here and there, and it's the same thing happened to AI in, in his career. Uh, so. AI is one of my top five favorite players of all time, um, right next to Dwayne Wade. And um, one of the things that always, you know, it, the thing that AI always had a hard time accepting was the same thing with, you know, what we see with Carmelo Anthony right now. And I think Russell Westbrook might have that same mentality. 
but it's it's a little too early to call. So Russell Westbrook's 30, and he's he's been hurt, you know, God knows how many times. Um, I mean, truth be told, for how many times he's been hurt, I mean. He's, I mean, he's been solid except for this past season. He's at 69 games he's played. On the previous two, you know, three seasons, he's been at at least 80 games or more. But, you know, in the previous seasons before that, he's been kind of injury riddled, 40 games, 60 games. But either way, he's been, most, for the most part of his career, he's been consistent in playing. Um, here's, here's the deal. Um, AI was the same way. And around the, you know, around 30... Yeah, once he once he peaked, you know, he had that run in Philly for a little bit, which was great. But even I think it comes to a certain time where even Philly kind of just they get tired of it. They love the show, but they want to ship, and that's what you know things. Sometimes you know, it's just a matter of business. You know, it's not personal, and I don't know. I'm not saying Oklahoma City's going to trade him. But that might be something that they're thinking, possibly an offer, because uh, you know Philly traded AI and he was their best player. You know they noticed that things weren't getting done. He's putting up all the stats, this and that, and you know by the time Philly traded him, it was about give or take what seven, eight years since the last time they even you know where they were in the finals in the NBA championship, and they lost four to one to the Lakers. So he gets traded to Denver. He plays there for three seasons. And around, you know, around 31, 32, he, uh, he starts to peak out physically. Um, he's still putting up high value points in percentage and stats. But around, I would say, you know, I think, you know, around 10th, 11th year when he was in Denver his body started to take a toll on him and he went from 80 games to like 60 to 50 so on and so forth and so once he you know once he got dealt to Detroit and that's where things just started to really go south for him and I think for him once you get traded not once it's like okay but twice it's just like dang like I'm not that type of player anymore even though they still think they are and then they get traded again to Memphis. He plays three games and then ends his career in Philly um, back in 2010. So and I think, I don't know if Russell Westbrook's going to do that. I hope he doesn't exit out on that because we see how well that goes for players like Carmelo. And, you know, they, they still think they're that guy. They, they're, so they're expecting a superstar talent contract. And we all know Carmelo's not that guy anymore. So um, I don't. I think Melo's pretty much. I don't see anyone signing him. That was the question early in the season. But I mean, at the, the Houston gave him a shot, and we, well, y'all saw how well that goes. He didn't. He didn't want to sit the bench. It's like, man, you got to be a team player in this. That's why guys like Dwayne Wade are still relevant. You know, he knows the circumstances. He knows he's not Flash. He knows he's not that guy from around 2005 to 2013 Wade the knees the back start to mount up in that time and it's okay father time happens it happens to everybody 
So, and I think Russell Westbrook is feeling that those type of effects. Even though, yes, he's putting up phenomenal stats. And like I mentioned before, that 2020 game, it's phenomenal. It's great. And, I mean, hell, he's he's averaging a triple-double again for a third straight season. So, that's, that's wild. But, I don't know. Um, when you keep, you keep getting all these triple-doubles, this and that, but, you know, you can only... You see all these guys go only so far in the playoffs. So, and the, it's just, you look at that level of talent, him and Paul George, excuse me, who's done a phenomenal job there. And I think, you know, Oklahoma City has to look at their what the cards they got dealt. They got to look at their roster and see what they can, what they can do. I mean, if you just... It's, I mean, let's see. They went to the the last time at 2016. They lost the conference in the conference finals to the Warriors, and they lost seven games. And that was the infamous Durant left Oklahoma City and and uh, went to Golden State. In which go in which Oklahoma City really blew that series because they were up three one. They had Golden State on the ropes and just I don't know. They just couldn't finish them off. And then the year prior, San Antonio Conference Finals lost in six. That was the same season, San Antonio. I think it was either five games or four games. San Antonio swept Miami. And that's evidently when LeBron ended up leaving Cle- or the Miami Heat back to Cleveland. And uh, the, uh, the 2013, they lost the Memphis Grizzlies in the Conference Semis. And they touched in 2012. They lose to Miami Heat in five. Conference Finals 2011, the Mavs. The Mavs beat the Heat that year. They ups, uh, one of the biggest upsets ever, and they lose in the first round and back in 2010 to the Lakers in six. But the last two seasons, they showed no progress whatsoever. Uh, it's, uh, I mean, they were, <clears throat> they were a, uh, they lose to the Rockets first round in five, they lose to the Jazz in six, and all in the first round. So. I think a lot of pressure is going to be on Russell Westbrook because that is his team now. And granted, yes, Paul George is on their team as well. And he's, you know, part of the main reason why, you know, who they are today. It's it's Russell Westbrook's team. So with that being said, it's uh, a lot of pressure is going to be riding high on them. So I want to say... God, man, the Western Conference is just, it's the wild, wild west. It's its wild. Uh, no pun intended. I don't even mean, but it's just, man, it's just, its the, if Oklahoma City was in the East, it'd be easier to judge this. Because <laughs> if Oklahoma City, if they were in the East, I mean, 45 and 33, hell, they'd be sitting, they'd be sitting at a sixth seed. The sixth seed is the Detroit Pistons, and they're at 39 and 39. The Bucks are 58 and 20, Raptors 56 and 23, Sixers at 49 and 29. And the, I mean, the Miami Heat, they still have a shot at that eight spot. Uh, they're 38 and 40. The Magic now 39 and 40. And the Miami Heat, you know, as much as they'll probably, I think if the Heat do make the playoffs and they're at that eight seed, I think they'll grab one just for Wade. So I think they'll lose in five. <coughs> but. Um, either way, I mean, man, a 39 and 40 is at an eight seed in the Eastern Conference. So, just to put things in perspective, just how different, how 
<laughs> how tougher it is compared to East and West. So, and it's like when you look at teams like the Minnesota Timberwolves, I don't know what happened to them. You know, I think Derrick Rose will win uh, uh, Comeback Player of the Year, probably Sixth Man of the Year. He averaged 18 this past off or this past season. Phenomenal job, phenomenal comeback. Uh, always a fan of him when I was growing up in high school. Um, you know, uh, especially you look at that roster on paper, it looks great. Uh, Derek Rose coming off the bench and Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins and Jimmy Butler, but things just don't click and uh, Tom Thibodeau got let go. So and I thought Tom Thibodeau was a, f- a phenomenal hire for them. I thought that was a great hire, you know, experience with Derek Rose when he was in Chicago. But man, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know the whole locker room chemistry. It's just some things aren't meant to be. In, the, in a sense, you can almost look at the Lakers roster. On paper, they look great, but they just don't have any shooters. Ingram's solid. Kuzma's solid. But those are just big men, you know. At least Minnesota, they have some decent shooters. Wiggins is, sol- is solid from the mid-range. Wiggins, you got your big man. Jimmy Butler is the shooter. Derek Rose, the sixth man that comes off the bench. So I don't know. Like sometimes you can have, you know, the the the, the fork and knife and the steak and everything looks all swell and good, but sometimes I don't know. <laughs> don't ask me what that pun is supposed to mean, because I have no idea. I just made it up. So, but uh, with that being said, I don't know. Um, Oklahoma City, a lot of pressure riding high on them this year. Definitely, no doubt about that. So, but uh, with that being said. Um, Next segment, I'm going to turn my attention to, I know y'all are probably sick and tired of hearing it, but uh, I'm going to turn my attention to my Pittsburgh Steelers and how much pressure they're on and Mike Tomlin. So uh, take a quick little break and you're listening to Injured Reserve. Welcome back to Ended Reserve Podcast for your host, me, myself, and I, Mitchell Anderson. So, you know, the this past offseason has been just uh, in the NFL offseason, uh, nothing but just toxic woes and this and that. And when it comes to my Pittsburgh Steelers, ain't it doesn't get much better than that. I mean, from Antonio Brown to Le'Veon Bell to Ben Roethlisberger to Marquise Pouncey to God knows how many other players that, you know, that used to play there and, and whatever. I don't know. So with that being said, I mean, man, uh, when it comes to, you know, I love Mike Tomlin, you know, for the in the past uh, 12 seasons uh, that he's been there. They, he's made the playoffs eight times and uh, he's won the Super Bowl. He's been there twice, lost to Green Bay back in 2010. So it's just, um, but ever since then, you know, with the, the amount of talent, when you look on that roster, when you look on the sheet of paper and what they got, you would think, you know, uh, you would think they would win at, get, you know, at least one or two more, you know what I mean? So 
and it's just it's a shame because it's just one of those what if scenarios you know it's just like kind of like the Oklahoma City Thunder back in 2012 where they had Russell Westbrook Kevin Durant and James Harden all on the same team and things just never material <laughs> materialized you know that's kind of what we you know what you know we witnessed here um you know, uh, start st- all the way back from 2014. I mean, Pitt had phenomenal, you know, they win the division or they come close, but three of those four seasons from 2014 to 2017, they win the AFC title and they either they're one and done or they lose again or they win a game and then they're out. And the only, as close as they came was 2016 for another Super Bowl. I mean, they lost to New England in the AFC title game, and that was it. And, you know, that's, that's the last time as close as they came to the Super Bowl. But besides that, they never, they never, you know, they, they should have never really missed playoffs at all. 2012 and 2013, they go back-to-back eight and eight seasons. Um, the year prior to that, they go 12 and four. Second AFC North, and they lose to the Denver Broncos in the AFC wildcard wild card game where Tim Tebow had that phenomenal game and tore and tore that defense up. Uh, the overtime game, he throws a, uh, the ball to a Demarius Thomas, I believe, in overtime. Um, and I think I think he burns Ryan Clark on that play. I, I'm not sure. It might have been Troy Palomalu. So when people say he's riding the hot seat, it's it's 50-50, cause when you look at it, he has done a phenomenal job. Uh, he's the only third coach in NFL history that's you know finished 500 or better in the first 10 seasons with one team. Now only two other coaches have done that was John Madden and our Curly Lambeau. And for those who don't know, Curly Lambeau is one of the original you know Green Bay Packers founders. That so that was way before the NFL materialized. Um, but you know, it's just, I kind of look at it. Like I said, I try to look at everything as a whole as 360 all around, be open-minded about things. And, you know, James Harrison, he said it best before. It's just like, yeah, he's won a Super Bowl, but technically speaking, you know, Super Bowl 43, that was still part of Bill Carver's team. You know what I mean? The defense was still there. It was still in the prime. Uh, that defense really won uh, the Super Bowl for the most part. Besides, I mean, give credit to Big Ben. He did lead that final drive uh, against the Arizona Cardinals where he, he threw that shot in the end zone in the corner to San Antonio Holmes. Uh, but really, I mean, if it wasn't for that pick six from James Harrison, we could be talking different, you know, about about uh, Tomlin's resume. And then they missed the playoffs the following season. And then they go back to the Super Bowl and they lose to Green Bay. Uh, that was a solid game. Again, that was a that was that was a that was a tight one defensive battle. I believe Charles Woodson won Player of the Year or uh, Defense Player of the Year, I, I think. But the, their defense was phenomenal. Green Bay. I mean, they had Clay Matthews, AJ Hawk, Charles Woodson. Um, God, I'm trying to think who else they had, but they, their defense was solid as well. So I think you notice kind of a trend. Near around 2013-14, our defense starts to get old. Players start to leave. Ryan Clark retires. Ike Taylor is out. Shane Tomlinson's been gone. Troy Palomalu retires. So our linebacker, our really only thing solid about our defense at that time was our linebacker core. 
and our defensive line was kind of shaky. So James Harrison's still there, kind of aging. Then he went in and out. He went to Cincy for a little bit and came back. Um, but he still had phenomenal work ethic. He was a brute. As you can see, if anyone follows him on Instagram, he's a freak of nature when it comes to weightlifting. Um, you know, then we picked up Bud Dupree. We picked him up. Then we picked up TJ Watt. He's done a phenomenal job there as well. Um, so, yeah, you know, we, we're slowly, right now, defensively, linebacker and defensive line core is solid. It's just uh, we, our past defense has always burned us. And, and these past two, three seasons, it always seems that we're in a shootout. It's, and it's it, it just seems like, I don't know, high risk, high reward kind of thing. And, it, and the thing is, it, the crazy thing is we could afford it. But now, Levon Bell's gone. AB's gone. Bell went to the Jets. AB went to the Raiders. Now, our replacements. Ben's 37. James Conner. You know, he's 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 a new up-and-comer. Had a phenomenal season last year. Almost 1,000 yards rushing. Had around... Uh, uh, clo- he was 27 yards short of 1,000 yards. Uh, he missed four games. So in 12 games, he had 973 yards. Uh, 12, uh, 12 touchdowns. And he even tried to be as versatile as he could compared to Bell. Not as athletic as he is, but man, for someone that's 6'1", 230, 50, 55 receptions, close to 500 yards reception, uh, receiving, that's, that's pretty damn good, especially for a second-year man. Uh, especially for someone that's overcame the odds as him as, you know, going through cancer when he was in uh, Pittsburgh College, University of Pittsburgh, this and that. So phenomenal story. I'm really happy for him. Now you got Juju Smith-Schuster. Now he's got big shoes to fill. Now he's that go-to guy for Big Ben. And, you know, and there's this things recently where Juju's, you know, defending Ben and AB, some reason, still putting his input on IG or Twitter or whatever it may be, you know. So I, I don't know. The, the locker room, it's it's hard. to. I keep hearing things this and that. And it's, it's just no one takes accountability in that locker room, what it, it seems like. Uh, Tomlin needs to get things under control. Ben lacks accountability. AB does the same. And same thing with Le'Von Bell. And it, James Harrison has spoken out. He said he has no problem with Ben. He has no problem with AB or any of them. He said from his personal experience with Ben, he was a great leader. So I, you know, it's hard to dodge that kind of a, you know, comment when someone that actually knows the guy. So it's just like, I, I don't know anymore. <laughs> like I said, I was preaching how they should trade Ben and want to get rid of him. And I still kind of do because he's 37. It's time to move on. You know, he's taken a lot of hits. He's a big dude, but how much, you know, how much more can he take? So it's just, um, you know, I want to look forward to the future. We're in the rebuilding process. So uh, Pitt went nine six and one. That should never happen. We should have made the playoffs at least the wild card for God's sakes. I mean, hell, we even beat New England for once, which is a rare thing to do. That's a hard feat. We, you know, Pitt beat New England, and uh, it's just man, they couldn't get the job done. They, there was a few games where that that had to been, you know, it's it's on Tomlin. You know, you you can't. You can't lose. We lost to Oakland, Oakland Raiders this year. That's a no-go. I don't know how you manage that. So, But uh, with that being said, I think Tomlin is a bit on the hot seat. 
and I think Ben is as well, though. He's then I think I, for the most part, maybe it's a positive. I think we have a lot of energy riding high. There's a lot of motivation in the locker room now, so I think they want to prove things wrong. This is my my hope and my assumption that I think a lot of uh, positive energy and motivation could be driving in that locker room now. Because even you know. Uh, the lineman like Marquise Pouncey is coming out and defended Ben so I don't know so who knows I this could be a positive thing but nonetheless it's it's gonna be a tough season for them because you know Baltimore ain't no joke Cleveland is pit you know Pitt's lost people Cleveland's gaining people and Baltimore uh, you know I you know they're defending divisional champs and, uh, you know, Cincy, they, you know, they, they did not always seem to pose a threat, but with Andy Dalton, he does, he does a great job for the most part in the regular season. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, it's, it's, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see who they pick up the draft. Um, but not to discredit, I mean, now Mike Tomlin, he is a, nonetheless, he's a phenomenal coach for Pittsburgh. One of the best. Um, so yeah, we'll, we, we'll see, you know, and he's had, you know, he's had great influences, uh, in this coaching career, uh, under Tony Dungy and John Gruden, uh, guys that came before he actually got the big job when he was being defensive coordinator in Minnesota. And then he got the call up to Pittsburgh. So, but we'll see how the season goes. Um, I, like I said, uh, my hopes and assumptions that there's going to be a lot of positive energy and motivation, Riding high for uh, Mike Tomlin and the rest of the people in that locker room. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But uh, man, it's uh, oof. It's gonna be rough because that the AFC North got really tight. Cleveland's looking good on paper, but like I said, I don't. I don't want to make assumptions on them because we gotta see how that chemistry works with them. You know what I mean? So, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll see how things go there. But with that being said, uh, next segment with. Speaking of which, uh, toxicity is uh, this recent thing with uh, Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy. Um, I I mentioned earlier, you know, with with LeBron and Aaron Rodgers comparison, but I mean, in a sense, you know, Green Bay, their last Super Bowl was against my Pittsburgh Steelers, and that was back in 2010. So you got to think like, it's like, okay, so a lot of pressure's going to be riding on Aaron Rodgers now this year. Because supposedly Aaron Rodgers, you know, he's came out and said how supposedly reports were saying Mike McCarthy passed up on Aaron Rodgers. And ever since then, he's never let him live that down. Mike McCarthy liked Alex Smith over Aaron Rodgers when it came to the draft. And ever since then, I guess he never did. I never he never liked the guy, which is uh, again I don't know how accurate these report, reports are. That's from what I've read, but I, it kind of won't surprise me considering the fact that you know from former players that come out and said Aaron Rodgers is this and that. It's just like, man, it's I don't know. It's hard to defend the guy, but it's hard to hate you know get on him too because I mean he does put up phenomenal stats. I mean, 25 touchdowns, two picks this year. I mean, you can't argue that. 42,000 yards passing. But, you know, it's... It's, uh... You know, he's, he's a two-time MVP. But it's just... 
he's not he doesn't seem like he he's one of those guys from what I've seen he plays it safe so um the last two seasons they missed the playoffs uh he was hurt back in 2017 and this past season six nine and one I don't see how there's an excuse for that one this past season I think it's a little bit both on Rodgers and Mike McCarthy I think Mike McCarthy's a, a, a solid coach he's not great but he's good you know what I mean so and it's just, you know, it doesn't help the fact that when a quarterback and a head coach aren't eye-to-eye, the head office, you know, they look, you know, eventually someone's got to take sides and they're going to stick with the talent on the field. And so that's going to be Rodgers. Unless sometimes it's rare. Sometimes the owner plays favorites, i.e. Bill Belichick wanted Jimmy G, stay in New England. They traded him. They kept with Brady. Now I'm not disregarding that was a terrible move because obviously they you know they've <laughs> they won two Super Bowl or they won a Super Bowl ever since the Jimmy G trade. But Bill Belichick is looking forward to the future, but that's a discussion for another time. So with Aaron Rodgers, he's you know you can't discredit for what he's done because he I mean his, his stats are like I said his stats are phenomenal, but when it comes to you know it's not just always on him because it's hard to judge someone just a single player, but from just from the leadership, it, it's just like uh, Big Ben. You know they lack accountability. They just kind of rub things off and kind of they don't say it outright, but they kind of point the finger this and that onto other people. So it's just as a quarterback. You got to be the guy. You got to be someone that looks up to. And it's just like, you know what? We didn't get it done today. Brady does it all the time. Peyton Manning did. You know, they take accountability. Regardless, they could throw three touchdowns, 400 yards, and still lose the game. They could be like, hey, you know what? We got to do better. We got to look at film. Look forward to next week. That's it. That's all we got to say. But, you know, it's just, it's kind of hard. I'm not. I hate judging people for someone that I don't know, but from constant, constant reports from what I read and from what other former players and coaches that say, and they say that you know he's just he's hard headed and he doesn't he's not really close with his family this and that. So that's that's suspect to me, especially especially if you're not close to your own family, it's suspect. So I I don't know. Um, it's just a. Uh, uh, Player-wise, yeah, he's phenomenal. Uh, the stats show for itself. But when it comes just to being a leader and as a person, it's a big red flag. So um, it's it's hard to root for someone like that. You know, it's kind of like in a sense of Barry Bonds. When Barry Bonds was chasing that home run title with Hank Aaron and this and that, and from you know reporters that would say back in the day when they report him he was he was not a passionate guy he was not he hated he hated the media he hated reporters he was very stuck up this and that so it's just it, you know sometimes it is what it is he's one of those guys that's so like yeah he's a phenomenal player he's a great guy god he's got these records but as a person you you can't stand him so uh, and then you know it's just Especially someone that holds a grudge. Like I said, I don't know how accurate it is, but someone that holds a grudge against your own coach because they passed up on someone, they like someone else in the draft. It's like, you know what, get over it. But, you know, it it is what it is. You know, so, like I said, I think uh, this year, uh, a lot of pressure in Pittsburgh and a lot of pressure in Green Bay now. 
Aaron Rodgers, hey, it's all on him. Yeah, they got a new coach, this and that. But Aaron Rodgers, you know, that's got to be a lot of motivation coming for him now. He's got to do what he's got to do. He, he better back it up. And it's going to take more than just 25 touchdowns and two picks, <laughs> you know. So, but uh, someone like that that likes accountability will probably see the same results again. So, either way, um, that's that's the rest of all I have for today. I appreciate everyone listening in. Uh, again, um, I, I, I try my best to uh, stay relevant on here every week and this and that. So, I realized I was a little late on this one. So uh, with that being said, I appreciate everyone listening listening in. And this is Injured Reserve, God, uh, Injured Reserve Podcast. God, I can't talk today. Hope everyone has a great weekend. God bless.